On this episode of Empower 305, City of Miami District 5 Commissioner, Christine King. I completely believe that the only way to touch a voter is to go knock on their door and introduce yourself, mm-hmm. which was a labor of love. I loved it. I met so many amazing people. Welcome everyone to Empower 305, and thank you for joining us as we celebrate Women's History Month in the city of Miami. I'm your host, David Janot, and you're listening to episode six of the podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of speaking with City of Miami District 5 Commissioner, Christine King. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We've had an opportunity to you know talk to each other, quick interviews here and there, but this is nice because we get to just hang out for a second and have like a real conversation versus quick rush questions. So tell us a little bit about um, where you're from, your background, and the path that led you to where you are today here at the city of Miami. David, I was born in Guyana, South America, Georgetown to be exact. My parents moved to the U.S. when I was maybe four or five. My father came on a student visa and we've been here ever since. I was educated in the U.S. here Mm -hmm. in Miami. Mm -hmm. I went to Miami Central Senior High, Westview Middle. I went to several elementary schools. I went to Santa Clara Elementary School, okay. Alapata Elementary School, Chatelon Elementary School, and Nathan Young Elementary School. Right. And I might be leaving one out because yeah. my parents, their marriage didn't last very long mm. after they got to the U.S. So my mom found herself as a single parent in a country where she had no friends mm-hmm. or family. She befriended a woman, Miss Rosella Nottage, who became her best friend, and she took us mm-hmm. in. And my home for some time was on 38th Street and 10th Avenue. Okay. And so that's where I got my beginnings. And I went to Miami Dade <clears throat> Community College, Barry University. And I received my law degree from Nova Southeastern University. Oh, wow. My start in public service was with Commissioner James C. Burke. I called him after he had gotten elected to ask him how was he going to implement the promises that he ran on. He asked for a meeting. I met with him and he offered me a job. Well, he asked if I would consider volunteering to help him clean up Mm. the community and I said sure because I wasn't doing anything at the time and after a couple of months he liked my work and my passion and he offered me a job and the rest is history my love of service was born and I continued in that vein after I left his office I worked for Miami-Dade Community Action Agency which is a social services program Mm -hmm. that assists low-income families to help them become self-sufficient. Under the umbrella of Community Action Agency, there's Head Start, Early Head Start. There's the Senior Program, which is Meals on Wheels, Senior Companions, Foster Grandparents. Mm -hmm. They also have a self-help component, which assists residents when maybe they can't make their light bill or their water bill. They'll help them with that assistance. It's called LAHIP, Low Energy assistance program okay. I might I might have the acronyms wrong but 
that's what it does and they also had a component where they would provide free computer training and the participants would graduate with a certificate mm-hmm. help them you know to improve their skills for sure so another layer a foundation for service and then i got my bar license i left miami-dade county and i started working as the president ceo of the martin luther king economic development corporation and that's where i think i met you yes, yes. which is a nonprofit that assist residents in the Liberty City community with programs and services, again, to uplift the family. Because I I would be helping people in some of the worst times of their lives. I practiced family law. My first case was helping someone through a divorce. Mm. And she was very upset about what was happening. And I held her hand and got her through that. And it was one of the best things that happened to her. But it was a very emotional time for her, and I was able to balance those emotions and get her to where she needed to be. Mm-hmm. I also practice landlord-tenant issues, and I would help pro bono a lot, people who were being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. tenants who were being taken advantage of by their landlords. I remember one particular case, a couple came to me, an older couple came to me. Their landlord wanted to evict them because he wanted them to pay the water bill. Mm-hmm. The water bill wasn't a part of their lease. It was his responsibility. But in thinking, we don't know what the law is or we can't go find someone to assist us, he was bullying them. And I said, no, no, mm-hmm. this isn't fair. I helped them. They went to court. They fought it and won. Needless to say, <laughs> they are one of my biggest champion supporters and The wonderful thing about my practice is I never advertised. My entire practice was built on referrals from Mm -hmm. folks that I helped. Word of mouth, the community like, hey, this is is our girl. (laughs) That is is it. I helped a lot of fathers manage the child support system and get rights to um, visitation rights to see their kids. Mm -hmm. But I I choose my clients on what I think is best. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to help people that really need help. And I was in a unique situation where I could pick and choose my clients because I was also the president CEO of the Martin Luther King Economic Development Corporation. So having that as a foundation, a stable income coming in, mm-hmm. I could be choosy and I could fight the good fight for my clients. So I love that. And being the president and CEO of MLK EDC, I did fantastic things in the community. I implemented the Wheels to Work program, which addressed transportation hardships. Okay. And having reliable transportation may seem like a small thing to some folks, but for someone that doesn't have it, for example, we had a single mom. She had to get her kids to school. If your baby, and you have small children, mm-hmm. If your baby didn't put their shoes away and you're trying to catch the bus and get them out of the door. Good luck. Exactly. It is a nightmare (laughs) trying to get small children. And then you have to get them to school. And a big reason folks lose their job is because they can't get there on time. They're unreliable. But with reliable transportation... Your whole world opens up. You can go back to school if you want. You can get a second job if you want. You can participate in your children's lives for 
extracurricular activities. Right. You know, if you're catching the bus to work to pick your children up from school and then get home and then you think you can get to the park in time for six o'clock so that your child could participate in the Little League or Optimist programs, it's almost impossible. Yeah. And with the pandemic, the buses don't ride shoulder to shoulder anymore because you need social distancing. So you may miss your bus, mm. but you still have to get wherever you're going on time. Right, right. And so that program is especially close to me because that was my mom. She didn't even know how to drive when she got to this country. She couldn't afford a car, but my mom would take us to the youth fair every year, three buses. We had to take three buses, but she never let not having transportation stop her, Mm -hmm. but it was hard. And (laughs) I am, I am the kid I'm speaking about who didn't put their shoes away properly (laughs) and where are your shoes and it just becomes a nightmare that morning because everybody's stressed out so that's one of one of the programs that I'm most proud of but I've also created a commercial kitchen for participants who want to grow a catering business or become a restaurateur It's, it's unaffordable for them to go and get their own commercial kitchen space. You just can't afford it. These are the programs through MLK EDC we created to give residents in the Liberty City community a hand up. And our kitchen incubator participants, they are doing fantastic. Their business has flourished Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. We hired them to make hot, nutritious meals for our seniors who were shut in and delivered them to them. We fed 1,500 seniors every week, and I could Jeez. not have done that without the MLK Kitchen Incubator. Well, clearly, I mean, even long before the city, you were out there, as our show is called, empowering the community, giving them the tools, the resources, everything they need to, to better their lives. So. That's, that's great. You were recently elected commissioner, District Fighter, as we mentioned before, uh, recently appointed chair. I mean, the last two or three months have been pretty much a crazy ride. Like, can you talk to us a little bit about that journey? Well, first, being elected, it was an honor. Um, I loved the campaign. I went door to door. It was a grassroots campaign. Mm-hmm. I started going door to door. Well, actually, in 2019, I started because we knew the previous commissioner, Commissioner Hardiman, he was going to leave the seat early to run for county commissioner, and he's successful. He's our county commissioner now, District 3. So I knew that was coming, and I started to get myself out there. While the community knew me a bit, the vast majority of the community didn't know me, and I completely believe that the only way to touch a voter is to go knock on their door and introduce yourself, Mm -hmm. which was a labor of love. I loved it. I met so many amazing people. And then when I got really down to it, it was about an eight-month, an eight-month effort where I knocked on doors and met people. And I met some of the most generous people in District 5. They shared their concerns, mm-hmm. what they what what they would like to see their community look like, 
and I took notes and that is what I'm trying to do now to implement some of the things that I heard while I was knocking on the door so winning 65% of the vote was amazing that's awesome I was so happy that day I was I actually (laughs) jumped for joy when I was giving my victory speech and I just started jumping up I was so happy I was so happy because I am doing what I love yeah I am living my dream and then I get here and I'm tapped by the mayor to be the chair and I'm terrified (laughs) what I just got here I but it actually has turned out to be so great my colleagues are fantastic we are getting along we don't always agree but we are getting along and I haven't so far had any conflict which is may have been reminiscent of an older time Mm -hmm. with Miami and I'm saying older and I mean yes yesterday (laughs) 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 but you know I know that all of my colleagues are passionate about service and that passion comes out in many different ways but as the chair it's my responsibility to conduct the meeting in an orderly fashion. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I noticed that you're very procedural, and it's it's a smooth it's smooth. I am going to continue to do that. Yeah. But I'm having a good time. I don't I don't have any complaints. Yeah, I'm having yeah. a good time. That's great. As the new chair, chairwoman, what unique perspectives do you think that you bring to the dais? Well, I definitely give a different perspective because mine is a. A woman's point of view mm-hmm. and I'm the only woman up there so for example when we take hot topics like homelessness I am the first to champion homelessness in our homeless population I'm a board member of the Camillus house and I know that we have to approach that issue through compassion there's no other way there's not a one-size-fits-all fix mm-hmm. it's not cookie cutter because they are individuals who find themselves without a home and they need different services so I look to my colleagues to be compassionate about that issue how are we going to address it and we at the Camillus house we address it in many different ways there's job opportunities there's housing but we get them stable we have a mental health component a health component because some of them aren't as healthy as they could be definitely some of them need mental health assistance Mm -hmm. and we do what we can we have at the Camillus house they have programs that could get you job training job placement to help you get back on your feet but again it's not a one-size-fits-all fix for our homeless population so I bring the voice of reason and to remind them that we must stay compassionate first mm-hmm. and then address what's going on. Let, let's take a step back for folks who really don't know much about you know this, this world here. You know, we have five districts in the city of Miami and we have five district commissioners. So what exactly is your role as a district commissioner and what's your vision for your residents and constituents in D5? My role as the district commissioner is to uplift families and to ensure that 
they have a safe place to live, decent, affordable housing. Mm -hmm. My role is also to make sure that our youth have safe places to go and be creative in whatever that creativity is, whether that's playing soccer or football or baseball or basketball or dance or the arts or music or yoga, whatever that creativity looks like, we should, I should make sure that it is available to them mm -hmm. as a whole. My responsibility is to clean up our district to make sure that we don't have piles and piles of trash littering our streets, which I have an effort now. We are, <laughs> my thing is, I will clean the streets up one street at a time. <laughs> and if you look at my social media, yeah. you will see because someone sends posts of trash piles all over District 5, and as soon as we see it, we have it picked up. And I'm proud of that yeah. because I will not rest until District 5 looks like every other district in the city of Miami because we are one community. We are the city of Miami. We are not just District 1 or District 2 or District 3, District 4, District 5. No, we are the city of Miami mm -hmm. and we should look like all of Miami looks because my district is unique in that we have the poorest of the poor and the wealthy of the wealthy and everything in between and I want to see cohesion the poorest neighborhood should not look like a poor neighborhood it should look just like every other neighborhood in the city of Miami and that is my goal I hope to provide affordable housing and again that looks different because affordable housing is home ownership for some folks who are ready to take that next step and be a first-time home owner. Mm -hmm. And it is my responsibility to help them achieve that because the housing market is ridiculous. Affordable housing for someone else looks like maybe an apartment unit where rents are affordable yeah. and really affordable and not just the county's AMI affordable. Right, right. But let's start using the city's AMI because there's a vast difference between the area median income in Miami-Dade County versus in the city of Miami. And Commissioner Manolo Reyes is a big champion for that. And I've watched him champion that issue, and I will join him and be as vocal because there's a disparity there. So we, I'm, I'm working because there are many different and it depends on where you're standing issues. For one homeowner, a pothole in her street is as important as someone else needing housing. Yeah. So I have to be sensitive to everyone's needs. And that's what I am making a grand effort to do. Absolutely, I mean, I, can, I see that in the way you speak and, and your urgency, like you're, you're gonna make this happen, so. You know, yes. that's, that's awesome. Well, Commissioner, I just want to thank you again for, for joining us on Power 305 and helping us celebrate Women's History Month by you know sharing a little bit of a, your story and, and how you empower all of us here in, in 305. Yeah, like you said, it's your District 5, but we're all part of one Miami. 
So that's that's great to hear. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And a special thanks to all of you guys out there for listening, either at home or on the go. Your support means so much to us, um, and we would like to continue to see that. Just continue to like, share, subscribe, and support us here on the Empower 305 podcast. Remember that you can follow the City of Miami on all of our social media platforms and keep up with all of our programming like 305 News, Miami Eats, Miami Made, Evergreen Miami, and our new Miami Roots. You can watch all of it on the City of Miami's YouTube page. And if you want to keep up and follow the commissioner, just go ahead and follow her on her Instagram at I am Christine King. Thanks again for being the best audience, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on Empower 305.